morning, Timber Creek. How are you doing this morning? It's so great to be back here in Lufkin, Nacogdoches. A good hello to all of you at Nacogdoches and Duncan and Dyball. But a lot of you here in Lufkin, I haven't been here in about two months because um, I've been in Nacogdoches. And so here's what I've discovered. I'm, I'm truly a mama bear because when I'm in Nacogdoches, I miss Lufkin. And I'm in Lufkin, I miss Nacogdoches, and so I'm just telling you, I'm so thankful to be part of a church where every single Timber Creek I go to, it still feels like Timber Creek. We just love this church, love all of you guys who are joining us virtually right now. I'm excited about today because I get to preach. Um, Pastor Jeremy said, uh, we're in the middle of series right now, Talia, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you pick what you want to preach on, and everyone who knows me laughs, because there are so many different things that I'm very passionate about, but today's message is probably one of the biggest topics. Uh, in fact, I'm going to use the word dilemma. It's probably one of the biggest dilemmas I've seen in the lives of, of Christians after 21 years of full-time ministry. Yes, I've been in full-time ministry here at Timber Creek for 21 years. I know I don't look like I'm that old. You know you're getting old when you want people to laugh at that. I'm actually turning 40 next month. Um, but I have seen this dilemma be super consistent in the lives of so many Christ followers. Those new to Christ, honestly, those who aren't yet serving Christ, I think this dilemma sometimes keeps them from starting to serve Christ. And I believe the dilemma we're going to tackle today is also a great frustration and honestly a key ingredient that causes many Christians to leave church. So we want to tackle a dilemma today. In fact, this dilemma uh, has two extremes to it. Now, everyone should know this about extremes. Extremes always have a little element of truth to them, don't they? But we call them extremes because they're pretty far out there. So the first extreme I'm going to talk about right now is the group of Christians who say, I'm going to just sit here and wait for Jesus to come dance over me and rejoice over me with singing and like make me become more like him. I'm not going to put forth much, much effort because that could become works of the flesh. And so I'm just going to sit here, I'm going to do what I do until Jesus comes and zaps me or something and begins to make me more like him. Oh, come. now I know none of those Christians are here this morning, right? Oh, one. So over here, <laughs> over here is another extreme that says I have to make all of this happen in my own strength. I've got to get into dream teams. I've got to get into starting point. I've got, to, I've got to go serve like 150 people. I've got to work my salvation out. I've got to do work in order to please God. So what we want to tackle, and this is exhausting, by the way. I, I kind of think this over here is a little lazy because this doesn't really require much work out of us or participation. We just want to bask in the glory all day, okay? But then this one over here is so exhausting. Can I be honest? I have visited the side of both extremes. And I have found that God's word is really true. That there's this medium ground. Listen, everyone. There's this medium ground. There's a balance to both extremes. And the Bible says there is an answer to this dilemma. What is really the dilemma? 
It's what Paul talked about. The Apostle Paul said, man, I want to do what's right. I want to do what's right. But there's something else at work in me that keeps making me do what's wrong. And I know none of you are those people in here. But I'm telling you, I can relate to the Apostle Paul. Can I just have a side note? I'm so glad the Apostle Paul was honest and said he struggled. Aren't you glad that if the Apostle Paul says, the thing I want to do, I don't do. The thing I don't want to do, I keep on doing. And there's this tug of war. There's this wrestling match that goes on inside of humanity, saved or unsaved, to want to be like Jesus, but to absolutely and utterly fail every time we do it according to one of these two extremes. So I want us to dive into God's word this morning because, you know, God's word has the answers for life. And I want us to see what does God's word say about this dilemma. Let's have your Bibles and you have your notes. Go ahead and look right now at Galatians 5.16. So Paul, remember, Apostle Paul, the one who struggled like you and I, he's saying, so I say, He's talking to a group of Christians just like I am today, by the way, in this passage. Listen, listen, listen. This is important. The fact that the Apostle Paul is getting ready to say what he's about to say to Christians is very significant. Because it tells us that Christians back then and Christ's followers today all struggle with the same thing. And the remedy for the dilemma is also the same today as it was back then. Look at Galatians 5.16. He says, all right, Christians, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then, say then. Oh, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. What? You mean sitting over here and just staying in my prayer closet That might be why I'm missing some key ingredients. That alone is not enough. Wait, over here works, 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 works. It's not enough? No. Both extremes are wrong. God's word says what? He says, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. And then when the Holy Spirit guides your life, you will not continue to do what your sinful nature What's the word? Craves. Craves. See, sinful nature living. Sinful nature living results in misery, hurt. Oh, come on. You know it's true. Pain. I like to call it stupid pain. Can I say stupid in the church this morning, church? Stupid pain. What is stupid pain? The pain you endure and live through Because you choose to do it your way and not God's way. It's the stupid. You know anybody going through some stupid pain this morning? Maybe you're sitting right next to them and you're trying really hard not to look. (laughs) Husbands and wives are elbowing each other. Look at Galatians 5, 25. Since we live now by the Spirit, let us keep and step with the Spirit. Whoa, what? Since we live now by the Spirit. Who's he talking to? All of you this morning. Christians, you live by the Spirit when you're saved. When you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes in, comes to live right inside of you. 
And he's saying to the Christians, since you like live by the Spirit, now, everyone listen, let's lean into this. He says, now, okay, you're saved. Great. But now I want to teach you the importance of walking in sync with the Holy Spirit. Walking and moving as he guides and directs our lives. See, the key to living a life free from the bondage of sin is not just coming to church. It's quiet over here in Lufkin. I don't know what's going on in Nacogdoches right now. When, oh, wouldn't that be so much easier, Timber Creek, if just coming to church on Sunday meant everything was going to be just perfect in your life. And all of the desires of sin was just like as Pastor Cody and, and Tyler are doing worship in Nacogdoches, this all the desire of sin is like sucked out of you. Wouldn't that be incredible? And like it doesn't come back. But that is not what scripture teaches. That's not how it works. In fact, there are three key parts to seeing this dance with the Holy Spirit. This synchronization, if you will, work. Now, this is not in your notes, but grab your notes. This one's good. There are three keys that you need to keep in mind as we go through today's sermon. Three keys that really are important to this walking in sync with the Holy Spirit. Are you ready for them? Here we go. The first thing you need to have is partnership with God. If you, wouldn't it be kind of weird if you watched a lady out on the dance floor and she's dancing and doing her thing without a partner? Isn't that kind of foolish, kind of a picture? That's how some of us look in life. We're dancing our own nice little dance, and the Holy Spirit's on the sideline going, can I, can I cut in? Like, and you're just kind of doing your own thing. Listen, this is important. To walk in synchronization with the Holy Spirit requires you to partner with God. But it also requires your participation, and it requires practice. Are you with me this morning? This, synchro this, this, this requires you to partner with God, to have a partner, but then to participate. I remember the first time I danced with a boy. Honest to God, stepped on the poor guy's feet so many times in my high heels. He literally out loud finally said, ouch, you're hurting my feet. I was out of synchronization with my dance partner. So some of you this morning, the problem is you're not walking in the spirit yet because you have no dance partner. And today you're going to ask Jesus to become the center of your life and you're going to gain a partner that never leaves you nor forsakes you. But then there are others of you this morning who you have Jesus in your life, but you have stopped at the position of faith. And you are no longer partnered. You are in partnership, but you're not participating. He's speaking to you. And you feel him every week when Pastor Jeremy preaches. And yet, your dance partner, the Lord, telling you where to go, and you just refuse not to take that step. And if you have no partner and you have no participation, you cannot walk in synchronization with the Holy Spirit. Which means you will more naturally give in to what your sinful nature craves. And finally, that requires practice. 
I remember, and all of us do parents, you guys remember when your kiddos were trying to walk? I mean, I didn't spank my kids when they couldn't walk. Boy, I'd love to spank them lately for some things, but you can't spank the kid for falling down when it's trying to walk. You know, we have a rule in our house. No one's allowed to get in trouble if what they did was truly an accident. And boy, my kids love to take that for me. It is an accident, Mommy. It's an accident, accident. Watch them literally smack one another. It's just an accident. No, that was not an accident. You tripping your, your sister was not an accident. Okay. But there's this element of practice. Listen, listen. We're not talking about a tightrope synchronization here. We're talking about a movement with God where he's the leader and you're not. But see, there's a problem that we need to talk about this morning. And the problem we find that makes this whole walking in sync thing extra difficult. Are you ready for this? We're going we're gonna to dive into what it is this morning. I want you to look at your notes. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Paul's talking and he says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through. That is, may God himself separate you. Listen, church. God, Paul's saying, church, God wants to separate you from what? From profane and vulgar things. He wants to make you pure and whole, and oh, this is my favorite one, undamaged, consecrated to him and set apart for his purpose. Now listen, listen in, listen to what he says. Now may your spirit, soul, and body be kept complete. Did he say one thing or three? Three. He said, now may your spirit, your soul, and your body May they be kept complete and be found blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. Guess what the problem is, folks? God made us with three parts. Did you know that? You've got your body, you've got your soul, and you've got a spirit. And here's the problem with these guys. They all like to be in control. It's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. There's this this tug of war. There's like this, this, this two-on-one wrestling match that goes on in each and every one of you in here and me too. Fighting to take the lead. Fighting to take control. And the body is your flesh. It's your flesh and blood. But God's word also says your body is also your sin nature. It's the part of you, listen, the part of you that wants to sin. It's the part of you that craves what is not good. Your body, your flesh. Now, your soul. Let's talk about the soul for just a moment. The soul is a very complex character because the soul is made up of your mind, your intellect, your will, uh oh, and your emotions. So you've got, you've got your body craving stuff it shouldn't crave. You've got your soul feeling all kinds of crazy it shouldn't feel. And now we've got our spirit. And the Bible says that the spirit is what is eternal. Are you with me tonight or today? Your spirit is the part that goes to be to heaven with Jesus one day. And thank God we don't have to take this sinful flesh with us to heaven. Can I get an amen? I don't want this, this flesh glorying in his presence. I look forward to the day when I get to see him. The, God's word says this, when we see him, we will be like him, for we shall see him for who he is. There's coming a day, church, where we're going to stand before him, and we're going to see Jesus for who he is. And it's in that time and in that day that we will be made perfect and complete, lacking no good thing. 
But until then, say until then. Until then, it is, it is, it is wrestling federation between these three guys. The key to today's sermon is we've got to teach you how these three work, listen, listen, and how to make sure the spirit wins every time. Are you with me? All right. So God made us these three parts. Let me say this real quick. Your life works best. Our lives work best when we are led by and we walk in sync with the Holy Spirit. Our lives work best when we are led by the Spirit. I didn't bring my cell phone up here to talk while I preach. Anyone who knows me knows how much I detest these things. Pastor Jeremy made me get one. Um, but they're really amazing. In fact, it tells me my iRobot at home is stuck. Bless God. I want to kiss the feet of whoever created the iRobot. Can I get an amen from any women in the room? Any clean freaks in the room, say a good amen. All right, there's five of us in here. But look at the technology. I can also track my husband wherever he goes. <laughs> and he can track me. <laughs> I could say a whole lot right now if I would stop. I got to be good. This technology is incredible. But guess who knows how to, how to tell you its benefits and how it works best more than anybody? Steve Jobs would. He's no longer with us today. But I bet you whoever took his job could tell you. And I bet you the team at Apple, I bet you when you can't get your apps to work right, I bet you contact Microsoft uh, online support. Why do we contact support? Because you know they know more than you do. And yet we have to remember that we are made in the image of God. God did not make the iPhone, but he even made the guy who created the iPhone. And God knows how you work best. He knows how you work best because he's the creator. The creator knows his creation better than anybody. And God's word says the way this whole thing works best is for you to walk in the spirit. Another term for that we're going to use today is called walking in alignment. Walking in alignment with the Holy Spirit. See, life gets crazy when we get out of alignment. Your marriage suffers when you get out of alignment. When you decide to do it your own way, every time, how's that working for you? Does your life not get like mine when I do that? All of a sudden, I'm yelling at the kids. All of a sudden, I'm not, I'm not doing as well as I should as well. Everything begins, begins to unravel when I take the reins out of God's hands and I do it my way. And just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean I don't like to take the reins from God at times too. But I'm learning at 40 years of age, I must say 39, I am not 40 yet. At 39 years of age, I'm learning that God's way works best. And when I choose to say no to the, what God is saying to me, listen, Timber Creek, my life gets crazy. My life begins to unravel. My emotional state, not good. My marriage will suffer. Listen, the environment of our household changes when Pastor Alvin and I get out of alignment. Our kids can tell. Now let's look at the flip side. When we're in alignment 
and we're letting God be God, and we're, and we're, we're following him and not our flesh or our soul, there's a peace and a tranquility and a love and a joy and a laughter in our home that's almost like tangible. See, our lives work best when we are led by and walk in sync with the Holy Spirit. Now, see, this is really important. Because in your notes, look at this. Believing in Jesus is great. It saves you from hell. Praise the Lord, right? But believing in Jesus should eventually become living like Jesus. Are you with me this morning? See, there, there comes a point in time where like 1 John 2, 6 says this. Whoever says he believes in Christ, listen, this is really a heavy scripture. Can you hang with me? Whoever says, I believe in Jesus, that is, whoever says he has accepted him as God and Savior, ought to walk and conduct himself, listen church, just as Christ walked and conducted himself. See, our believing in him saves us from hell, doesn't it? But see, today's sermon is not a salvation issue. This is not a salvation topic. This is a whole, this is, I want my life to work best sermon as a Christian. And to do that, our believing has got to progress to doing. Not working in the flesh, but getting into the synchronization with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we come to church and we feel so great, but by Wednesday we're very frustrated. We're frustrated with the church, we're frustrated with the pastor, because what we're hearing on Sunday morning is somehow not completely absorbing, and we're not seeing the results in our lives the way the pastor preached it. Can I tell you, it's, the problem is not God, the problem is not the pastor, the problem is your misalignment. It's the misalignment. And trust me, you want to enjoy the benefits of an aligned life. Listen to this closely. These are so important. If you don't want to listen to this today for any other reason, I want you to listen to this one part. Because there are benefits to doing it God's way. Because he knows best. The first benefit is it becomes easier to walk away from temptation when you're led by the Spirit. I'm going to prove it to you in a minute. Second thing. You will enjoy greater peace and protection over your soul when you get in alignment with the Holy Spirit. And third, you will have a stronger sense of God's presence and his power in your life when you have and live the aligned life. Now, here's the big question for you this morning. You ready for it? Are you living your life in or out of alignment? Now, don't answer that out loud, and if you're sitting by your spouse, probably don't show them the answer. Are you living your life in or out of alignment? I have a little litmus test, an activity we're going to do here this morning. And I'm going to show you three different ways that you, I'm going to show you three scenarios that will help you determine whether you're really in alignment or out of alignment. Are you ready? The first one's easy, and it's probably, <laughs> it's probably the scenario all of us would like want to tell everybody that's the one we're in. But let's look at scenario number one. Turn your eyes to the screens, Lufkin, Nacogdoches, Dybal, and Duncan. Look at this right here. The scenario number one is being led by our spirit. Oh, this is the good life. This is the life that Jesus said he died to give you. He said in John 10, 10, I came that you may have life, life in all of its fullness, this is the full life that Jesus died to give you. Look at the benefits of this life. Guess who's leading the way of this train? 
The Holy Spirit's ultimately the leader. Now listen, listen. I know that's a pretty little graphic, but everyone look at me for just a moment. Everyone needs to understand that at the top of this train is God. He wants to be ultimately the one leading these, these three parts of us. Are you with me on that? Because you've got to get that down or none of this is going to make sense. Remember, we're trying to walk in synchronization with the Holy Spirit. Now, let's look at that graphic again. So this person's being led by their spirit. Their spirit man is strong. They know God. They know his voice, and they obey. So they don't fall into stupid pain. They avoid so much unnecessary pain. Not perfect life, but they avoid what is unnecessary because they're being led by their spirit. And their spirit is hearing from God. Their spirit is being strengthened from God. So guess what that does? It makes the spirit man so strong that old soul man gets put next. And the soul, which is still important, but is a terrible leader, is the mind, will, and emotions. And that's right where that guy needs to be. And I'm going to show you why next. Finally, the body. This is that physical part of your body, the carnal nature. This is, remember, the part that craves sin. Look where he is on this train. He's at the caboose. Is he getting what he wants? No. Does he need to get what he wants? No. This is where he needs to be. Is he still important to our lives? Yes, that part's still important. But he's at the bottom. We still have to breathe and eat and, like, live. Go to scenario number two. I call this one Soul Train. Anyone remember the 80s show Soul Train? I had like two channels in my bedroom, and I remember at night well, that show would come on. This guy's being led by someone very scary. <laughs> now, remember, he's very, we all have good emotions. Remember this, Timber Creek. We are made in the image and likeness of God. Our emotions, our will, even our will, our intellects, our gifts from God. What's wrong is when they're out of alignment. It's when we think we know more than God. It's when we worship our intellect more than we worship the creator and his word and what truth says. It's, this is the person who says, I know God's word says that, but. Uh-oh. Nacogdoches, it is so quiet in here. <laughs> Lufkin. This is when we let our emotions run us. I've seen this happen so many times. And as a pastor, we get people who definitely, you know, want us to counsel. And in these counseling sessions, what blows my mind is when I set out for people, like they, they tell me their problem. So I'm, 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 I'm really working with this person who I'm really attracted to. Like they love Jesus. I mean, we talk about scripture. And I said, you're married. But, 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 but my spouse doesn't serve the Lord. I'm not kidding you. This has happened. And this person understands me. And this person, like, we pray together. And I'm going, red flag, red flag, red flag. And I just think God wants me to be happy, right? I mean, I am his, his son or his daughter. I mean, I, I, I know God's word says this, but my, my soul wants, my will wants, my, my emotions lead me to yearn for this. See, when your soul's leading the way, your intellect and your emotions will drive you off a cliff into somewhere you should have never been. But when we're led by the Spirit, we follow what God's word says. And when I tell them, it don't matter what you feel, 
it doesn't matter what it looks or how convenient or like appetizing that is or how much Jesus you throw into that situation. Jesus ain't there. God's word says thou shalt not commit adultery. See, when we're led by our soul, we go places we should never go. But when we're led by the spirit, our lives work best. Let's look at the third scenario. The third scenario is being led by strictly our fleshly appetites, and then our soul, and then our spirit. I want you to look at the order of this one. This was me and so many of you before you came to know Jesus, right? I mean, this is it. We, our, our, our flesh wanted to do sin, and boy, guess what the soul does? The soul guy feeds the flesh in this order. Listen, this is important. So here's the real danger with this one. Not only is the flesh craving to do what's wrong. Oh, my goodness. He's got the soul man behind him feeding him lots of energy and comfort and reassurance that what you want to do that feels good is, is what's best. It's what I just described right here. The body has these temptations. Our flesh longs for certain things. And when we're out of alignment with the Holy Spirit and God's ways, our soul adds coal to the train locomotive of the flesh. Oh, come on. You know it's true. Which causes us to justify wrong behaviors. And we wonder why we're stuck. And we wonder why we can't hear God. And we wonder why this Christian life ain't working for me. It's because you are out of alignment. And you have been feeding your flesh, feeding your soul, and your spirit is starving. So therefore, the spirit's fallen to the bottom and not the top. So we have a dilemma here, don't we, church? We have a dilemma, and that's why today is so important. It's so important that we learn how to get to scenario one and how to stay there. So if you have your notes, I want to give you three ways that you get and stay into alignment. Would we all agree now that alignment's pretty important? Do you see how, isn't that neat? Sometimes people will say, Pastor Talia, I, I can't hear God anymore. Oh, Pastor Talia, there's something wrong in my marriage, and Nine times out of ten, I can ask them, Where's, how's your soul? What are you doing to strengthen your spirit? And almost every time, that's the problem. What has happened is they have fed the wrong part. If you have your notes, I wanna, I'm going to say something to you. I think it's really important to write down. See, what you feed will grow and strengthen what you starve will die. So see, every day you're going to feed. You're, you're, every day we're going to do something with one. The body, the soul, and the spirit. We are made of three parts. Which one are you feeding? Which one are we starving? Look at point number one, how to get into alignment. Number one, the first way, and remember, none of these keys will work if you are not in cooperation with God. What did I say? You need a partner, you got to participate, and you got to practice, okay? So these three will not work for any of you if we aren't doing those three. Are you with me this morning? The first thing we have to do is die to our flesh. Oh, die to my flesh. Well, how do I do that? What does that mean? Can I give you a tip? So glad you asked. Answer this question. What's your craving? What do you find you crave the most? And I'm not talking about uh, Chicken Express right now or some Chipotle. 
Listen, this is so practical. Hey, church, listen, this is so practical, but this is going to help some of you so much. Listen, what you starve will die. I'm not into self-deprecation. That's not what I'm talking about this morning. I'm talking about stop saying yes to sinful cravings. Well, Pastor Talia, oh, here we go. I just don't feel like, I just don't feel like stopping. I mean, I thought one of you pastors would touch my head and it would like all go away. I don't feel like stopping. It's a choice to make to die to self. So if you know what your greatest craving is, is it yelling at your spouse every single day? Does that somehow alleviate stress from you? But it's a wrong choice. What's your craving? What do you keep finding yourself into that causes your body, the sinful flesh, to get too strong? And here's my challenge to you, Timber Creek. Starve that sucker. I mean, if you want to nag your husband, but you know that that causes so many problems in the marriage and home, can I give you a piece of advice? Stop it. Like, Bite your tongue, go to another room. Some of you are waiting for me to say something so mystical and magical that makes this happen. But you want to know how you die to the flesh? Stop feeding the flesh. Stop doing what your flesh wants. That's your part. See, some of you just left God on the dance floor. you got to show up, and you've got to do your part. And I feel like the church gets this wrong. We're just waiting for some big, huge, spiritual, powerful experience, and God is saying, I didn't want to dance this myself. I wanted a partner. I wanted to do this with you because I love you and I enjoy doing things with you and I've got good things for you, but you're failing to show up and do your part. And you got to show up, man and woman, and do your part. Oh, my goodness. Wish I could just come in there and help slay stuff for you. I'd do it. Those who know me know I would. But I can't do that. But you can. You can slaughter the giants as David slaughtered them. You have the power of God's spirit living in you. You have authority over every tactic of the enemy. But instead, we're just sitting on it and doing nothing with it. And we wonder why our lives are a wreck and why we don't have peace and why things are unraveling. It's because you're out of alignment. And I believe God is saying, listen to the crazy woman with the microphone. Like, just do something different. Like, do something different because what you're doing is damaging your life. Dear God, I feel that's for someone this morning. Because number two, the next thing we have to do to get into alignment is not just die to the flesh. we got to learn to control our soul. I want you to look at your neighbor on the right and say, control your soul. Oh, come on, Timber Creek. Control your soul. My goodness. God isn't going to come up to you and take your mouth and cover it for you. And God's not going to come and do all that. You have to learn how to control your mind, will, and emotions. There's some fantastic scriptures on this. The one that comes to my mind right now is not in my notes, but I'm going to go with it. It says that you cast down every wrong thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. If you've got stinking thinking, you have authority over that too. Yes, you do. And so what you do is you cast that junk down. You say, I don't agree with that. 
I'm not a piece of trash. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. No, God's not trying to hurt me. I can trust him to break up with that person who I know is not the will of God. Now, if you're married to him, sorry, that's the will of God. But I, I, it, I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now, you've got to make a decision to control your soul. You've got to make a decision. Look at this scripture right here in Galatians 5.22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And here it is, guys. What is it? Self-control. I told you. I told you it's in there. Can I give you a good question to answer this morning? I want you to ask yourself this question. Do my thoughts, feelings, mindsets, do they produce good fruit or bad fruit in my life? What in the world do you mean fruit, Pastor Tao? You're talking about alignment and dancing. Now we're talking about fruit. What is this? The fruit of the Holy Spirit. Evidence. Fruit is evidence, isn't it? Guess what, guys? I know I have a peach tree in my yard. Guess how I know? Peaches grow on it. Now the squirrels eat it. That's a whole other sermon. We're not going to get into that today. But we have a peach tree, and I know it's a peach tree because of what grows on it. I know my neighbor has a fig tree because the branches grow into our yard and little figs grow on it. I know the kind of tree it is by the kind of fruit it produces. And so I want to challenge you that when thoughts and feelings come your way, listen, 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 from my left to my right, all the way, Nacogdoches, Dival, and Duncan, listen, listen. If what you're thinking, if what you're feeling, and if what your will tells you to do is the opposite of one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit, you better check yourself. If it's the opposite of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control, you better stop before you move. You better investigate that, that voice, that thought, that emotion. Control your soul. Add to your faith self-control. Add to your faith self-control. Number three and finally, and I finish with this. And this is, my, this is, this is the most important thing I'm going to say all morning. See, to, to have your spirit lead and connect with the Holy Spirit, to... To walk in synchronization with the Holy Spirit. So that when he says, take a right step, you go right. And he says, no, take a left, left step, you go left. Listen, listen. I have to first of all be close enough to God that I understand it's him speaking to me. I've got to have the willpower in me to want to please God more than please other people. So when God says, I want you to get out of the row on Sunday morning... I want you to get in starting point, and I want you to stop being afraid of commitment, and I want you to serve on a dream team, and I want you to do this. I want you to stop yelling at your kids all the time. I, wa I want you to be nicer to your husband or your wife. I need you to stop cheating on your tests in college. I, I need you to stop sleeping with the person who's not your spouse and it's not in the covenant of marriage. I need you, and it's not a bunch of rules. It's a loving father, and it's a loving God saying, I know how life works best, and I need you to strengthen your spirit so you can hear from me and do what I say so you enjoy the benefits I died to give you. We feed our spirit. We strengthen our spirit. Listen, church. Oh, this is so good. This is so good. I know it's kind of like having to take medicine, but it's good for you. It's going to cure what ails you. 
And the same way we say no to the sinful stuff that's not of the Lord. And we may put up the boundaries that keep us from, like, wanting to fall into it all the time. There's this flip side. Listen, listen, as we finish this morning. And don't tune me out yet. you got to strengthen your spirit. See, this one's the hardest, I think, of all because there's no shortcut to this one. There is no strengthening of your spirit if you don't spend time with the one true God. And Sunday morning church is not a high enough dosage injection that's going to keep you from Monday through Saturday walking in the spirit. I wish it would, but see, he doesn't want you to dance with Timber Creek. He wants you to walk in sync with him. And that requires, yes, Timber Creek's fantastic. We partner with you. We teach you to go join them. We'll even talk to you about how to stay on the dance floor. But I'm telling you right now, church, there's no substitute to time with God. There's no substitute. Oh, if I could say one thing to you this morning, I'd say strengthen your spirit. I'd say do whatever you got to do to get more of him in you. I'd say even if you don't know how to pray, talk to him anyway. I'd say if you don't worship at home and the only time you worship God and feel his presence is on Sunday morning, I'd say go download some great songs and get on Pandora and get some good worship music. Shut the door to your bedroom. Tell the kids to leave you alone and go spend time for even just a few minutes in the presence of God. And I would challenge you to get in the word of God because you don't know what to say no to if you're not absorbing truth of God's word. And so if you're not spending time with him if you're not learning more about him your spirit man is weakening and I'm telling you every day your flesh is being strengthened every day after five minutes of watching the TV there is strengthening of my flesh your soul is being challenged every moment of every day and if maybe yours isn't maybe it's young moms like me because I've about lost my salvation five times this weekend Because my soul is being challenged every day. And I'm telling you, I will fail as a Christ follower. I will fail as a mom. I'll fail as a woman of God. I'll fail as a daughter if I don't strengthen my spirit. If I don't take time to absorb more of him, then it's more of me. And that ain't good. And the worst thing about it is when God says, tell you, move, I can't move. He says, stop yelling. I can't yell. I can't stop. When he tells you to stop flirting with that person because they're married, you can't stop. Because your spirit is so weak and your flesh is so strong. And you are mad at God and you're mad at the church. But it's your misalignment. And I believe the Lord is pleading with you, church, to take next steps as a church. We've got... Oh my goodness, see some of you, you're so used to hearing what we offer. Why do we offer it? Because your God-given potential is our mission. And starting point in groups and grow track and encounter and dream teams exist so you can live and walk like Jesus. You can't do it alone. You were never meant to. And so I challenge you, church. I challenge you. If you don't have a Bible, you understand. You know what you just need to do? If you haven't gone through starting point, you need to sign up today. You got to go through starting point. Because I can't teach right now what all it's going to cover. It's your basic foundation and you need it. 
But you want to know what else you need? You need to be generous. You need to be a giver like Jesus was a giver. I believe if Jesus were here right now in the flesh, he's here with us in spirit, isn't he? Many of you feel him stirring you today. You know, it says that he disciplines those he loves. And the fact that maybe you feel convicted this morning like I do, it says the kindness of God draws us to repentance. That's so important for us to hear this morning. But maybe you're feeling that stirring, and it's because he has so much more for you. Please know that there's always more that God wants to do in you. And until we see him for who he is, we have a lot of work to do, a lot of growing to do. See, I believe if Jesus were here in the flesh this morning, you know what I bet he'd do? I bet you he'd take a towel. I bet he'd wrap it around his waist. I bet you Jesus would get a basin of water out. of you, I think he'd, he'd slow down enough just to encourage you and tell you he thinks you're great even though your family says otherwise. See, I believe if Jesus were here, you know where I think he'd show up to? I think he'd get a good cup of coffee at Cafe Aroma. I think he'd be over in Kid Works. I think he'd be pouring into our children. I love the story when he's with the kids and the disciples say, stop bothering him. Jesus, get rid of him, basically. And Jesus said, don't you ever. He said, this is what I need to be about. They're special. And we're getting fed as adults, but our children's God-given potential is our mission, too. See, to, to live the aligned life means I'm living in synchronization with Jesus through the Holy Spirit, which means I spend time with him. Which, which means I serve. See, Jesus served. He gave his life to serve. You and I. Jesus was a giver. Can I challenge you, Timber Creek, to follow in the footsteps? Can you synchronize your steps? Can you stop doing it your own way? Can you go right when he says right? Can you go left when he says left? Can you go when he says go? Can you you stop when he says stop? I love Zechariah 4.6, and I close with this scripture. It says, not by might. All of this, listen, Timber Creek, listen, listen. He said, all of this is, it's not by might alone. It is not by your strength alone you can do this. It is not by power. It is not in your willpower alone that you can do this. But he says, but by my spirit, says the Lord. As you partner with God, as you participate in this process of aligning your life with him, and as you practice this synchronization walk with the Holy Spirit, I believe you will begin to enjoy the benefits he died to give you. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you so much. 
We thank you, Jesus, that your word, the Bible says that your word is like a mirror. And when we look at it, it doesn't lie. It shows us really and truthfully who we are, what we look like, where we are in our lives. And, and, and I believe, Lord, today you just put up this mirror in front of me, in front of all of us. And you've said, I love you so much. But did you know you have like some mustard on the side of your mouth that I need to wipe off? Like there are things in our lives that are not in synchronization with you. God, I pray for those right now at the sound of my voice who have never, ever partnered with you. They don't know you, Jesus, like, like so many of us have had the privilege of knowing. And if that's you this morning, right now at your seat, I just want you to pray this prayer in your heart. Say, dear Jesus, I want you to come into my heart. I don't quite understand everything Pastor Talia is saying, but I feel something happening deep in my heart. And if that's you this morning, just pray that prayer. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. I choose to believe that you are the Son of God. And that as I put my trust in you, I'm forgiven of my sins. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. In Jesus' name. And God, I pray for all of us, the rest of us in here. Right now, you know, I know it's the end of service, but can you just like have a moment with God? Holy Spirit, help us to do some evaluation right now of our own lives. Maybe, maybe your life is scenario number one. Good job. <laughs> Keep at it. Keep strengthening your spirit. And But maybe your scenario number two, and God, for those of us who are being led by our souls this morning, I just pray that you would deal with that and, and help us to get into alignment. God, my greatest prayer today is that Timber Creek Church would not only believe in Jesus, but would begin living like Jesus more and more so that we can accomplish your God-given potential for our lives and our generation. Help us to do it not on our own strength, but to participate with you in the process. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. And everyone together said, amen. God bless you guys.